This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 107. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. Dun, da, da. And you are? <laughs> I'm Brett Hurst. And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. We're married. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Hooray! Thank you for joining us today. Well, before we jump into today's content... Do you have a beef? I do have a beef. <laughs> a beef? What is Kelly's beef today? Where's the beef? I Kelly's like, beef today. I like this feature. Okay, so... Because now the world can hear your beefs <laughs> and not just your husband. Okay, so this is... Okay, this, I don't know how, what to call this exactly, but you know how you and I will comment and notice certain ways that people talk and like what has become kind of popular in the conversational zeitgeist, if you will. Didn't we do this last time? Or is this something no, different? No, it's, it's something different. It's just kind of the same genre. Okay. It's this new thing that people have where they say the word right a lot uh, when they're talking. Ugh. So they're like, you know, going along and they're da-da-da-da, right? Right. And they just write. Right, Everything's right. Everything's right. Right. And... It's enough already. Is that your beef? I, I'm done with the right. I'm done with it too, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's annoying, right? And it's also along the lines of when people are talking, like I see this on like news channels, people will be talking and they'll go, look, oh. it's like a word that people say it's a throwaway during word. a pause, you it's know, a, like, look, yeah, it doesn't the mean other it. thing that people on oh, do go on. <laughs> I'll say, let's be clear. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's be clear. Okay, I'm done with that too. I'm also done with it is what it is. Okay, How about that for a whole whole Man, list of things. That's a, that's a, that was a lot. I'm not sure I got all those written down, but uh, <laughs> but it was very helpful, right? Well, today's episode is called "When Tools Don't Work." When tools don't work. When tools don't work. And Brett, you actually inspired this episode today because when we were talking a few weeks ago and. We were like, I, I said something about a couple who had said, well, we've tried all that. Mm. We've tried this. We've tried that. And mm. you were like, yeah, I guess sometimes tools don't work, but most people don't use the tools long enough to kind of you right. know, see the, the result. It's usually so, not about the tool. Yeah. So as marriage educators, <laughs> so we, to speak, we do work with <laughs> and teach couples to use a lot of different tools. We use communication tools and conflict management tools and intimacy tools. We're a big fan of relationship tools. And one of the reasons that we love them is because we know that getting good at relationships is a learned skill. Yes. None of us are born just knowing how to succeed at relationships. Well, so <laughs> speak for myself, right? No. So knowing that we can learn how to do that and use tools, that's good news. We, we like that. We're big fans. Mm -hmm. But what happens when tools are not enough? That's a legitimate question, uh -huh. but I think there are some things we need to ask and answer before we get to that. And that is, A, how long have you been using the tool? The said marriage tool, the, yeah. the communication tool or the yeah, conflict whatever tool or whatever it is. Whatever it is. You know, yeah. I've, I've tried being nice. Mm -hmm. You know, Most people sputter out 
before a tool has had a chance to make any kind of lasting change. So you're saying they, they give up. Yeah. I mean, just like in life, 80 to 90% of relational investments are those daily, unglamorous, slightly mundane things mm-hmm. that we do. Right. You know, over time, it's done over time. And that is part of what makes for a healthy relationship. It's, it's kind of like dental care. Yeah. <laughs> How so? <laughs> well, you know, the, the flossing and the... It's an everyday thing. Brushing the way you're supposed to brush instead of the way yeah. that feels better. And it's very unglamorous. That's right. But you just keep doing it and it pays off. Yeah. Of course, I've had... Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> I've had my Sonicare electric toothbrush for 20 years. I know. That's a plug. Not the actual bristles for 20 years. Oh, good. I replaced those. Good. But that, the, the, that would be gross. The main otherwise. motor I've had for 20 years and yeah. it's lasted me that long. It's right. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still operating to- with my main motor too. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, the things that we typically do that make for a healthy relationship are not typically urgent things that are beating down the door. But if you do them, they work. Yeah, if you do them over time, you know, your relationship thrives. I, I always go back to the Stephen Covey, the late Stephen Covey, his example of what he called quadrant two activities. Of the four quadrants. Of the four quadrants. Yeah. You know, there's urgent and important, and then there's important but not urgent, and then there's what? Urgent and not important, and then not urgent and not important. You may have said the same I one think, twice. Well, anyway, it doesn't quadrant, matter. The quadrant two activities were the things that were not urgent, but important. Right. And he said, most of the stuff that we need to be doing in our lives fall in that category. Yeah. Exercise. Not urgent, but important. Important. I'm going back to the last (laughs) episode. Right. Important. Important. Yes. That if we're doing them regularly, they're not beating down the door. Right. We're not going to die if we don't do them tomorrow. Right. But if we go too long without doing them, mm-hmm. we will reap negative benefits if we don't do them, mm-hmm. reap positive ones if we do do them. Right. So I think it goes back to relationships. You know, the things that we're just kind of pouring into, the daily I love yous, mm-hmm. the the ways we meet each other's love languages, all of that kind of stuff is just, it's good stuff. And over time, the tools work. That's so true. So number two, are you utilizing the correct tool the correct tool yes yeah, so it's not I, so it's not just are you sticking with said tool but are you using the correct tool in the first place yes so i remember brett a couple that we were working with a long time ago and and she was sharing the fact that she wanted her husband to learn love languages okay and gary chapman yeah gary chapman the five love languages we've talked about him many many times uh-huh. and the husband was kind of resistant. He didn't want to read the book. He just was kind of like, that sounds dumb. Da, 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 da. And she kept harping, harping, harping. And we were having a conversation with him. I remember we were at dinner and he said, all I really want is for you to go hunting with me. <laughs> right. And she was like, what? And he goes, yeah, I just, if you would just go hunting with me, that's all, that's all I need. Okay, well, his love language was probably quality time or who knows what it was. Something, you know? something. He, didn't, he didn't care about learning the love languages, mm-hmm. but he knew what he wanted from his wife. Right. Which and in this case happened to be a love language. It happened to be a love language. And the idea was she had, it had never crossed her mind that that was something that he would enjoy her going with him to uh, hunt, you to know, hunt. their deer lease or whatever. Okay. And so the point is she was trying to focus on a tool. Right. 
And he was like, just go hunting with me. I'll be so happy if you just go hunting with me. Right. And so sometimes we need to kind of question like, are we utilizing the right thing uh-huh. that's appropriate at this season of our relationship? Is yeah. it gonna is it gonna go well? And your indicator sometimes that you might be using an incorrect tool is that whole thing about the definition of insanity. There you go. Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Very good. Might be using the wrong tool. Exactly. So that's one thing. Another thing is, does the tool I'm using still feel like a tool? Oh. Okay, that's good. I thought <laughs> I'm reading the notes here. And I thought it said, does the tool I'm using still make me feel like a tool? <laughs> no. Does it feel like a tool or has it Different. become part of your relational DNA? Right. Because until it does, it's going to probably feel a little inauthentic. Until it does what? Feel like a tool? No, and until it becomes part of your relational DNA. Oh, right. It probably will feel a little off. Oh. I always use the example of when you and I took that golf lesson uh-huh. that one time. Right. 15, 20 years ago. And you learned a million different components of mechanics and yeah. you couldn't keep it all straight in your head. Well, not that, not just that, but the, the golf pro who showed me how to hold a golf club. Uh-huh. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is how you hold a golf club? It was so weird. And I was like. You wanted to swing it like a baseball bat. Yeah. Well, all I had known was putt-putt. So I couldn't (laughs) even, you know. But when he showed me that, I was like, you've got to be kidding. There's no way people hold a golf club like this. Uh And I, you know, had had I practiced, that grip would have become DNA for me. Second nature. It would have become something I didn't even think about. Right. But it felt so weird and so foreign. And a lot of times when we first start practicing certain tools, communication, active listening, uh-huh. kind of things like that, it feels like, okay, I feel like a bug under a glass. So, like, you know. So the solution for a tool to not feel like a tool is repetition, right? Yes, practicing it. Yeah. Because eventually, especially when you see that there are some good results. Mm-hmm. Then it makes you want to keep practicing it. So mm-hmm. I use the example, Brett, that you and I have said many times, which is when we first learned about love languages. And I I realized that physical touch is number five for me and it's number one for you. Right. I have never been a touchy feely person. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so at least you can laugh about but it. But I wanted to show you love. Yes. I wanted to meet that love language. Right. So I just made myself start touching in an affectionate way that does not come naturally for me. True. Now, years later, it actually is very natural mm-hmm. for me. It's second nature. It is second nature because I've just done it and done it and done it. But at first, it didn't feel like. And believe me, I appreciate it. I know you do. All right. Okay, moving on. Using tools while living dishonestly will not work. Okay. So I am reminded of a couple, Brett, that you and I were working with a number of years ago. We were giving them tools. They were they were coming to us for coaching. We were giving them communication tools and conflict tools. The only problem was... He was having an affair. Yeah. <laughs> kind of short-circuited the whole uh, productivity stream of using the right tool. Yeah. And it was such a waste of time. 
because, and really, I think when we found it out, I think that's what I was more mad about was that, oh my gosh, we've wasted so much time, you know, because it was like giving them, you know, medicine for a common cold when they had COVID, you know, we were, we were wasting time giving them tools. They were living, he was living dishonestly. I had a hunch in this case. So anyway. So, okay. So another thing to think of is when a couple waits too long to start using good tools. Mm -hmm. So if a relationship has moved into a toxic place, right. Which is um, dangerous. Yeah. So not just a high conflict situation, but even one where communication is shut down, affection is gone. Mm -hmm. You know, it may be too late to try to use tools that put a bandaid on something that needs surgery. Yeah. Right. And I think that's typically, you know, in general, we don't, Brett, usually feel like it's too late for any couple, Mm -hmm. but this is why we're always telling couples to invest in their marriages early and often Mm -hmm. because the things that you invest in early Mm -hmm. can sometimes keep you from going through the, you know, really difficult times and becoming toxic. The earlier, the better, the trajectory. Prevention, you know, and all of that. Sure. But that's typically what we'll hear from couples is when they say a tool didn't work. Well, I tried that. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of times they've waited too late yeah. and, and it's really just almost impossible to try to fix something with, with some tools. Yeah, it's tough. And then at the end of the day, tools are just tools. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> we can do we can do three steps to this and ten steps to that until the cows come home. Uh-huh. But where we always land is personal growth, personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, our faith teaches that allowing God to transform us from the inside out is key to having an abundant life. Absolutely. And it doesn't always mean success or health or wealth, but it's the place that we want to be in terms of wanting to live our life in a pleasing way to God. What What's where we want to be, where we're yielding to transformation yeah. for, to God Being changing transformed us? from the inside out. Okay. And oftentimes that takes personal responsibility, mm-hmm. personal reflection mm-hmm. and growth that has sometimes nothing to do with the person you're married to. True. You know, and God has I have seen God reshape marriages based on one person just changing. Oh yeah, well more times than we could possibly count. Yeah, I can specifically think of a couple that we knew 20 plus years ago uh who were they were so toxic I literally thought the next time we see them, they will tell us they've divorced. Mm. It was just, it was toxic on both sides. They didn't like each other. Yeah. They talked bad about each other. It was, you could tell they were just waiting for their kids to grow up mm. and then they were going to divorce. Okay. And then somewhere along the way, and we hadn't seen them in a number of years, someone changed in that marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't know who, which one actually. Yeah. But they ended up being on our marriage hall of fame list because- they were completely different. It's like they fell in love with each other. That's that's really big what you're saying. I think some people might hear that and say, we'll see if he would just change. <laughs> but what really we're saying here is if you'll just change, yeah, you can yeah. do a lot of good. You'll be waiting for your partner to change. We might be waiting for a long time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so I don't know if we answered questions about tools, but I don't know. I think this was a good conversation. I don't know, but going back to that putt-putt thing, I'm just glad you brought that up because that was such a great memory for me from our dating years. What memory, Brett? That 
time we played and you had a four stroke lead and then you know, uh-huh. the, the only way I was going to come, I think you had a fight. What was it? I can't do the math. But anyway, I had to ace the last hole uh-huh. and you had to get the five, which is the maximum. Mm-hmm. For and me. what happened, Brett? Well, let me think. I aced the hole. Yeah. And you got a five. That's right. <laughs> and Fun I, time. And I won. Fun time. <laughs> and you had, you were so great about it. I had it. a meltdown <laughs> Like a petulant four-year-old right there on the putt-putt. What do you call it? A field? Putt-putt? Lane? Tarp? Whatever. whatever, It was a bad scene all the way around. That was a great memory, I just felt like if you had loved me, you would have, you could have let me win that night. You would not have appreciated me letting you win. Mm. You wouldn't have respected me in the morning. Yeah, I would have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. And we hope you will follow Marriage to the Max on Facebook and Twitter and follow Home Encouragement on Instagram. And if you have a topic or question you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, send us an email to thehursts at homeencouragement.org and we will do our best to get it on the air. We hope you'll also share the love by rating us on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. And we would be thrilled if you would write us a review. We need to beef up our reviews on Apple Podcasts. This helps us to have more visibility. And I'd also want to give a special shout out to Podcast Rocket for producing this episode. Thank you, Podcast Rocket. Well, thanks for listening today and for joining us. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all. Thank you.